<laughs> oh, you did it. You got it. I can't believe it. I just randomly pushed buttons. <laughs> well, greetings, gentlemen. How are you? So we got Mitch. Who else do we got there? We got uh, Jeremy White, who is Montreal's number one on-air personality, having won 19 books in a row. What a bad stone-cold son of a bitch you must be, Jeremy. That means you deserve me. God bless you, sir. I wish I was number one in Toronto. Do you guys know how much I miss Toronto? Do you we're, know we're, we're how much Montreal. Toronto misses me? Montreal, Montreal. Oh, Montreal, Ted. Never liked Toronto. I like Montreal better. Quebec, Quebec, <laughs> land of the bigger bears. You have much bigger bears in Montreal, yeah. That's right, and yeah, and and better looking women. Yeah, Just and on my way to Kujuac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And are and, you real? Are you really? And Mitch, so uh, we're good. <laughs> are you really on your way to Kujuac? Not a fucking prayer. No, no way. <laughs> the Leap River caribou herd has uh, dramatically been reduced over the years, and they're tr still trying to figure out why. I used to go up there with my son and uh, stick sharp sticks into the unsuspecting pump station of herbivores on the migratory route, and then and then dine on their flesh, which is why I have more piss and vinegar than you guys do. You guys eat domestic stuff. That's not good. Oh man! Well, you know what? We'll get we'll get right into that. So, so the Ted Nugent Guns, Guitars, and Hot Rods Car Auction, Saturday, March twenty seventh. It's happening at ten a.m. at Tucker Hall in Waco, Texas. Get the deets online, and there's some amazing stuff up for auction here. Ted, what's going on? Why are you auctioning this shit off? There's all kinds of really great gems on on this list. I'm telling you, it's Jeremy, right? Yeah. yeah. Jeremy and Mitch, I I. I stumble to really answer that in a believable fashion. But you know, and Mitch knows, I'm such a utilitarian pragmatist guy. I am influenced and inspired and stimulated by specific things in life. And I have hundreds and hundreds of the most beautiful firearm artwork you could ever want to fondle and discharge. But you know that some of my, some of hundreds of my guns have been some of them sitting in the safe for over 50 years and I haven't even fired them. I have an arsenal of about 100 guns that I'm keeping, probably more than that, that I actually use. I train with and I compete with and I just have fun with. Not that any of them that are going on the auction block don't qualify in all those meaningful uh, endeavors. Right. But at some point, you know, this might not sound like the Motor City Madman, but Mitch knows that I sometimes circumvent that identity. I'm a pragmatist. I'm getting rid of hundreds of the most beautiful, custom, gorgeous works of firearm art because I don't use them. And my 59 and my 58 Les Paul, these are the holy grail. But when I play my guitar, I pick up one of my 38 Birdlands and I'm keeping 37 of those because nice. at 72 or at 11, because the 72-year-old is, is not unlike the 11-year-old who gets in with a loud amp and a guitar, <laughs> and I get spiritual erections. I get very stimulated. My goosebumps have goosebumps, and the hair on my hair stands up. Uh, I am so lucky that I am so excitable and passionate about uh -huh. the things I love that I'm going to... I'm going to streamline my lifetime of obnoxious material accumulation to those things that I will actually utilize and appreciate. And I'm unloading just a superfluous tsunami of guns and guitars and bows and arrows and memorabilia because I, right now I wish I could turn the camera around. 
But a lot of guys have a man cave. Yeah. I have a man's cuckoo's nest. I have so much artillery around. I got so many guns and bows and arrows and, and grenade launchers and hatchets and guitars. Yeah, yeah. I have so much stuff that at 72, every year I look in my safes, I have safes full of guns in Michigan, safes full of guns in Texas that I never use. So I, I it's like sacrilegious to have those fine, fine pieces of artwork, instrumentally, the guitars and the firearms that I'm just streamlining. I'm going to keep all my favorite stuff. Yeah. I was looking at some of the items up for auction. And one of the things caught my eye was the uh, you had some Eddie Van Halen 5150 amps up there. But Lots of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but it says they're not functioning. Like, what's going on? Were they like stage props or were they? No, like they're real amps. And uh, again, but what you're seeing, I got to tell you, what you're seeing at the Ted Nugent orgy auction is only the tip of the Nugent iceberg accumulation. For mm, every God. amp, every guitar, every gun that I'm I'm unloading, I've got four like it. Like right now, I'm in, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but my God, I got a couple old Fender amps here. <laughs> time but i i tune into the gear that literally drives me crazy and if some of the look i'm i don't know if you can see that but look at that i got some stimulation erection going on right <laughs> i mean if you're if you're as old as i am and you still play like a horny 12 year old in a garage with your first loud amp in detroit 1960 um you're a i'm a lucky 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 son of a bitch so again yeah. it's really a simple intellectual streamlining of a lifetime of accumulation but believe me i'm not shortchanging myself when it comes to hot rods and trucks and guitars and bows and guns you say because uh yeah. jeremy here has been collecting the uh, vet eddie van halen stuff he he'll probably buy it off of you right now he'll make you a deal right now well, come on brother i was looking on the site and i'm like you know I'm, so ted what can i buy from you right now like you know if you had a 5150 amp in your house that i could take off your hands or I do. I have Jeremy. I have a stack of them right on the other wall here, but those are the ones I'm keeping. Now, a lot of people have contacted me since I made it public that we're having this auction. People go, I'd really like to get that Canon. Can I get that guitar? How about that, that camouflage PRS? I went, no, 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 no. Right. I already made a deal with the auction company and uh -huh. they, they actually have their hands on all this stuff. It's like semi-tractor trailers uh, loaded with Nugent debris and it's going to this Tucker Hall in Waco, Texas. And it's, it's just going to be an unloading and believe me i got lots of kids and lots of grandkids and i'm keeping plenty of stuff to hand me down and i'm keeping all the best stuff believe me but right. even though my best stuff i mean how much better can you get than a 59 less paul or a 58 less paul or one of a kind the the experimental prototype paul reed smith monster yeah. guitar artwork but i don't use it so i'm unloading it well, that's oh, let me ask you this strat up there, and I was like, "This guy's a." I bought a '53 Strat. You can just—you don't even have to play guitar. You can just go ahead and spoon it in bed. It's a piece of furniture. You just want to cuddle it, you know? It's funny. Well, let me, let, my, let me my ask kid, you. 
Well, Mitch, my dad owned one of uh, Ted's hot rods. He had a 36 Chevy, 36 uh, red Chevy, 36 chop top, big block tube, rear end fat tires. Wow, wow. One of your, one of your uh, hot rods. So I want to own one of your guitars or one of your amps. So this way we can compliment each other. That's right. Well, you, I tell you, you guys should come to Waco. People are coming from all around the country. In fact, from foreign countries to get downwind of myself. And by the way, you don't even have to use the stuff you buy from my auction. If you just get downwind of it, there will be massive mojo coming into your life because of the sweat accumulation and the trigger time, the aim small, miss small, mystical flight of the bullet mantra that I've perfected in my lifetime. So it's, it's a lot of neat stuff if it was just stuff. But a lot of the custom guns have the serial number Nuge One or Uncle Ted or I mean really wow. really unique stuff. But I I have a certain arm artillery that I carry every day. I rotate my carry guns and I don't do much gun hunting anymore except for waterfowl and upland game with my dogs just to make my dogs happy. Plus it's delicious. Um, so I have a couple of sniper rifles. I don't know if you can see in the background here, yeah. but I just have a few of my really favorite uh, uh, tactical rifles that I train with the uh, Delta Force Hub. How lucky am I, huh? Yeah. Um, and then uh, when I have to kill extra game just to balance the herd that my neighbors don't do sufficiently, I can only do so much killing with my bow and arrow. And so we have to balance various herds and populations, and sometimes I have to pull out the sniper rifle. So I'm keeping my my 10 favorite sniper rifles, but I'm selling a hundred of the ones that I don't use that much. You don't use, let me ask you just real quick about the guitars that are for sale. Do they have any story? Are, are they, are they guitars that were on cat scratch fever or on the, the, the music made me do it or do they have any story to them or are they just guitars that you've had in your collection? I think uh, mostly just guitars in my arsenal. Uh, gotcha. the, the Cat Scratch guitars and the Stranglehold guitars. In fact, this is the Stranglehold guitar here. Oh, let's get a little Stranglehold, Uncle Ted. Let's... There's no such thing as a little Stranglehold, so I'll go ahead and play the... <laughs> By the way, here I am. I'm an old man, but when I play this song, it is like my first piece of ass every time, man. It's so... <laughs> trying to play that for how many years now right there's just such a certain mojo and vibrato that the man has that you just you can't well it, you know it's this whole you know when you start playing bo diddley this you get this you get kind of a um a swing pulsation playing all that stuff especially the original Chuck Berry stuff this right hand's got to go so you get that you get yeah. that, that that really 
fast grinding that finger picking various yeah. tone and so stranglehold in a more motown you know grinding bluesy thing is it's it's still got the and the spruce on the birdland is so porous it has such a unique voice that you can hear all those those pulsations and that's why when you when other people try to play it i think it's cute and i appreciate i appreciate them trying but they don't get this thing going this In fact, most guys don't know that that's a ninth chord going. But that'll pop up, pop up. It's got to be the 16th notes and then occasionally 32nd slammers. So yeah, yeah I still play and I, I write a lot of songs. Listen, I think I played this for you last time, Mitch. You did. This is a new song called uh, Detroit Muscle. But Jeremy is a guitar guy. These things happen every day and think how cool and youthful <laughs> how youthful and irreverent this guitar lick is which i have mastered uh, for a lifetime but look at this cool guitar lick it's so simple but it's such a power drive grind that you the girls have to dance to this stuff yeah. this is the lick for detroit muscle <laughs> I mean, you can just hear the It's like Mitch Mitchell meets Bonham meets, you know, runaway yeah. freight train and a truckload of short skirts. Hold on, Mitch. I'm going to get my panties. I'll throw it at the screen for you. Hold on. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that a neat, isn't that a neat groove? And so even an old man, an old wounded yeah. man can still come up with really a uh, middle finger on fire fun licks. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, it's like I, I come from a native reservation just outside of Montreal. We're Mo the Mohawk Nation over here. And well, I'm the bow and arrow guy. I am the Miss. I'm Cochise and Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse all wound up. So, yeah. Ted, you know, whenever I whenever I DJ parties and stuff around town, you know, we get all the res moms up there. They're grooving a stranglehold, and they love yes. woogie woogie kind of stuff. You know, they love it. I, they do. I've been to one of the uh, to, to the uh, what is it, the yacht club or whatever they call it, yeah, the marina. Yeah, and and they, they they play Ted Nugent all the time, and they love awesome. it. Awesome. I'm honored because I've always <laughs> celebrated the native, the Aborigine Native American yes. lifestyle, the, yes. the the oneness with the Great Spirit, the mystical yes. light of the arrow, understanding my relationship with the creatures and the wind and the ground and the habitat. So that's and how, not only is what I just said a perfect conservation environmental lifestyle but it's also the source of most of the hate against me <laughs> well this is the thing ted listen how stupid can people be well, yeah. coming from a native reservation and being a mohawk it's like i really think a lot of the stuff you say gets taken out of context and is completely you think? <laughs> yeah everything you say i mean you know a lot it makes sense to me you know because it's sensible, because it's truth, logic, and common sense, yeah. and it's pure nature. It's the aboriginal lifestyle of being a responsible steward of God's renewable resources and monitoring it and actually being hands-on participant. And that's the story of the Mohawks. That's the story of the Assiniboine, and the Grovan, the Apache, the Sioux, the Lakota, the Blackfoot. The, I mean, come on, these are my blood brothers. Even, the, even when I use the term blood brothers, which is an aboriginal term of being one with each other, being part of the community, the village, the tribe, 
People will attack me because I use the word blood brother. Blood brother is the most respectful, reverential term you can reference a human being with as a blood brother. It means you share a great spirit and yeah. a lifestyle and a culture. And yeah. so, I, you know, as I say this, you see this big shit-eating grin on my face because the people that level these nasty accusations and hate towards me, I, it, it, they got to be the dumbest creatures that have ever slithered on the earth because I'm literally living a perfect environmentally positive lifestyle. And they don't get it. And that's it. You know, it's like as Mohawks, you know, in the, every morning we wake up and we, we do the Ohondu Gurdi Wadekwa, which is we give thanks to the creator for everything. That sure, he's yes. And everything you just said, it, it completely relates to that. So well, my, I have a song called uh, Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, Geronimo and Me. I have a mm -hmm. song called The Great White Buffalo, which yep. celebrates the Native American stewardship, their reverence for God's creation and the creatures that food, clothe, shelter, medicate us. And, and my show is called The Spirit of the Wild. That is the aboriginal lifestyle of the, the great spirit, the great creator that gave us the food, clothing, and shelter from the bison and from the elk and deer and the caribou. So and Mitch and I've talked about this in the past. Yeah. It doesn't upset me on a personal level. Yeah. What it upsets me on is a human level that people can be in such toxic denial that mm -hmm. hunting, fishing, trapping, uh, utility, wildlife is, an, is a valuable, renewable asset versus a caged creature using tax dollars to slaughter the bears because we weren't allowed to harvest them properly. Right. I mean, so many examples. So, so I, I know I've always been on the right track. And uh, I find that my critics actually bring wind beneath my wings because how much more confidence could you have than some dope addicted, drooling, stumbling idiot <laughs> attacking you because you had venison for lunch? <laughs> Well, that, that's it, you know, and it's also I don't understand as well because it really is a part of our culture and heritage as Native Americans. We live off the lands. Sure. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Yes. So I don't understand why, you know, and even certain statements you've made. It's like, you know, on, on t the last interview you, you did with Mitch, you guys were talking about, you know, um, the water crisis up here in Canada and how yeah, we did. Canadian government, it just you you've got native reservations in rural parts of the country, even just outside of Toronto, that have to live off well water, but they have all kinds of people every day coming into the country here, take this, take that, take whatever you want. Meanwhile, they can't help the original peoples of the land. It it makes no sense. So when you come out in support of us and you get the hate for it, I don't understand because you're just standing up for us. Hello. Well, you know, you're talking about a lot of uh anti-logic, um, a lot of celebrated ignorance. I mean, you really have to protect your lack of information to think the things that people think when they level hate and accusations towards me. Because literally, I'm literally, you know, I'm a Caucasian guy. You can't tell by my guitar playing and you can't tell by, <laughs> by my average meal. Um, but, but I feel like the, the Native American on the hillside watching a bunch of drunken white dirt bags you know, littering my my sacred hillside, um, in a in a metaphorical expression of a cultural decay and a cultural abandonment. So, luckily, Jeremy and and Mitch, and we know we're not alone. But when we witness the the self inflicted distancing and disrespect from governmental bureaucrats, that's really the crime. The 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 people who are polluting that's. That's a bad enough crime, but the government that actually finances and and looks the other way 
from the polluting instead of being responsible and taking care of the citizens that they hired to be taken care of. You know, so nothing much makes sense. And here I am in America with some freak in the White House who's, who's scrambling to put a sentence together. So I think we're all, we're all shouldering a real ugly time in our lives. Um, yeah. Let me just ask you, uh, you started the Spirit Campfire podcast, uh, and I'll put it this way. Uh, what does Ted Nugent have to say? Not much. I'm kind of a quiet guy. <laughs> well, we got that. Yeah, we got that. No, but uh, so so just uh, talking to me about what are we getting on there? I mean, you know, uh, Jeremy and I, we, we have our podcast. We, we do rock news. We do interviews. We've had Paul Stanley and you and and Michael Anthony and stuff. What can fans expect from yours? And what, what have they been hearing over the last few months? Well, I got to tell you, I've had Billy Gibbons on and Mark yeah. Farner and Ricky Medlock from uh, Blackfoot and Leonard yeah. Skinner. I've had all my damn Yankees, Tommy and Jack and Michael on. Mm-hmm. I've had Derek St. Holmes on. I had Governor Huckabee on, Governor Sarah Palin. I've had uh, a Brian Collum, the funny comedian. I had Joe Piscopo on. You know me, Mitch. Yeah. Nothing is sacred. And if I stumble into something that people think is sacred, I will fix it. There is no territory any man can tell me I can't tread on. So this Ted Nugent Spirit Campfires, much like your and my interviews, we 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 we're, we don't settle for the road less traveled. We prefer where there's no roads and no one's ever traveled there before. And so life's journey can only be as gratifying each night when you go to bed if you tested yourself and you challenged yourself. So I have, uh, I've been trying to get Tom Morello on. He's a dear friend of mine, but we have opposite political views. Mine are educated, his not so much. Um, (laughs) But let me ask you this, Ted, just because you don't agree in politics, why should that prevent two friends from having- Of course, and it should, and and it doesn't, and it shouldn't. But some people presume that it must be a barrier, but it's not a barrier. I mean, uh, Wayne Kramer of the MC5, one of the most powerful musical authorities, that ever walked the earth and it's a tragedy that drugs and alcohol eliminated the experience of an mc5 and a wayne kramer's musical authority because they really i i think i mentioned to mitch last time mm-hmm. there are no words i i never run out of words to adequately express my beliefs and my identification and, and yeah. explanation of things but yeah. there are no words to express what the mc5 were like for about a year before the drugs deteriorated that energy and that that uninhibited forceful uh, emotion and 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 musicality my point is is that i think wayne is a hardcore leftist guy and i love him dearly i call him he's a good friend um uh, i i do these uh songwriting things over in the south of france with desmond child who's a gay guy and we hug we do everything but smooch. I mean, I, I, there's nobody I can't get along with Desmond's if you're just great. not mean. If I, you're not mean and you, if, if you can tell me you don't want to own a gun, I, I don't want, if you don't want to own a gun, don't. Just don't tell me I can't. And if you don't want to eat meat or venison, I, I'll make you a tofu salad and I'll keep it down. I'll keep it up wind of my barbecue. I'm a, I'm a tolerant, <laughs> loving guy. So I get along with everybody unless yep. they're intolerant and not loving. So By the way, I, I just want to point out one thing. You, you mentioned Wayne. Uh, he, I saw his MC50 tour and it was just absolutely off the hook. I mean, that guy has not lost a step in what he does. And same with you, Ted. And I just want to quickly get to the live show because 
you recorded Intensities, Intensities in Montreal, and I was in the audience at the Montreal Forum that Intense. night. Intense! I was there. <laughs> and I remember you swinging off the, uh, the the speaker stacks and the bow and arrow and the whole thing. <laughs> Listen, I, God, I'm trying to think how old I was. I must have been 11 or 12 when I I was that. acting 11 or 12 that night. Yeah, and you know, I was there. But the point being is I've seen you in recent years and you're still intensities, intensities. I mean, there's, yeah. there, it's not the old guy with the guitar on the thing with the cane. It's a Ted Nugent show, whether it was 1981 or 19, whatever. Or two, uh, 2019. 2019 was the greatest tour of my life. With Jason Martin's <laughs> on drums and Greg Smith right. on bass. We've never been tighter. The guitar tone and the bass tone and the drum thunder and the whole energy and the piss and vinegar factor. And that's... That's really outrageous considering our age and the sheer miles, but those guys remain so passionate. They can't wait to play dog eat dog. I can't wait to play dog eat dog. I can't wait to open the chords on free. I can't wait. I can't wait to play Gonzo. I can't wait to play double live. I can't wait all these. And so the passion of an audience who only has to tolerate me once or twice a year, I've been doing it for thousands and thousands of nights. But because I live a primal scream as far away from the sonic bombast as you can get, and that would yeah. be in a tree with a bone arrow. Right, and I right. do that for, I don't know, thousands of hours every year. I've, I've expressed this before, but a lot of people, Mitch and Jeremy, don't quite grasp when I explain this. Mm -hmm. If you want to play like an uninhibited maniac kid, you got to get away from the music. When you come back to it, it has to be as fresh as humanly possible. Well, you and that's miss very it. difficult. Yeah, right? You got to miss it. You got to kind of like. Yes. Yes, you got to miss it. When I'm in a tree with my bow and arrow, I have to be so quiet for, for so long. And I do it so many times a year. I can't wait to get down in this cuckoo's nest and unplug that birdland and just those licks fly off my fingers. So what you're talking about, Wayne, is there's a great example that my beliefs are sound. And that's that being clean and sober will keep you bright eyed and bushy tailed, cocked, locked and ready to rock the Glock around the clock dock because you're in good shape, you're spirited and you have some athleticism left at my age. But Wayne went into the pits of substance abuse hell. But here's the story. I would never condemn him for that. I scolded him when I was doing it. But he might not remember, but I really, I, I so love the guy. I go, you guys are losing it, man. You, you're not the MC5 you were last month. You're, it's, you're, you're not tight anymore. You're, the fire is, is diminished. So I, I was trying to be helpful at the time, but he went almost to death with the heroin. But here's a great celebration. Wayne came out of that hell, and he is the Wayne Kramer of origins. He is the Wayne Kramer that grew up on the streets of Detroit, parallel with me, born the same year, took guitar lessons from Joe Podorsik at Capitol School of Music, pursued Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and Little Richard and James Brown and Wilson Pickett and Motown, pursued the grind and the spirit and the musical authority of those black heroes. So he lost it with the substance abuse, but he came back. So that's a great lesson I thought we'd emphasize here right now. That MC50 that tour. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a stone-cold musical fireball. And so that's proof that 
when he got clean and sober, the fireball was relit. So I love Wayne Kramer. I love Tom Morello. I even love Bruce Springsteen. I've never met him, but he paid homage to Mitch Ryder by performing Jenny Take a Ride with the East Street mm-hmm. Band. And I've been trying to reach out to uh, Bruce Springsteen because even though we are completely opposite politically, I'm right, he's wrong. And but but if he paid if he paid tribute to my prime musical influence and hero, Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels, Johnny Banajic on drums, um, Jimmy McCarty on guitar, Earl Elliott on bass, and Joe Kubrick on uh, 335 rhythm guitar. I could name every lick, every amp, everything they did. But that Bruce Springsteen knew that, celebrated it, and promoted it, that's what I did. So we have to have some common ground there. But I have a funny feeling that a guy like Bruce wouldn't think there's common ground because I believe in freedom. I believe in work ethic. I believe in sacrifice and risk to be in the asset column. And obviously he does in application, but he supports policies that are against that. Yeah. So I would be, I could share a ginger ale or if he wants to have a beer or whatever he wants, um, but but they avoid me. And I, and I, I can't really explain in, in meaningful terms why. But I'll, 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 I'll get to work on that because I, I got Tom Warman to sit down with Ted about a year ago. So sure. if Tom and Ted can talk, we can get Bruce and Ted to talk. But it, I'd love to see that happen. Because <laughs> I played with Max in the E Street Band on Conan O'Brien a couple of times. And boy, we were we were Cooking. musically married. We were we yeah. were samurai musical uh, uh, children of Chuck and Bo and, and James and Wilson and Motown. Those guys genuflected the same black musical authority that all the best music, certainly mine, came from. So there's there's that common ground. But it's hard for some other people to... Um, it, to admit and pursue that common ground. But I've always been, I, I admit it and I pursue it. Yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, just from watching from here, because I, you know, I come from a sovereign Mohawk nation where I'm watching the foreign governments, you got your left, you got your rights and everything. <laughs> and it's like, it's just so bizarre to me. It's like, listen, if you have something in common, sure, you may have disagreements, but why would you let those disagreements get in the way of you having a good time? Yeah, having a good not in that, but if you pursue the common ground, yep. I promise you this. The common ground will expand. If you avoid the common ground, it will retract. Yeah. If, if you can find some things you agree on, couldn't we all agree on a healthy environment to punish polluters? Couldn't we agree on that? But it's not the new green deal. That's not how you do that. It's not building wind turbines out of uh, out of uh, uh, resources that will never come back while you're killing eagles and hawks and, bird yeah. and songbird migrations by the billions. I mean, th- these are the kind of conversations that I am open to. And I tell you this, I own a lot of acres. I own a couple thousand acres and all my acres produce the best quality air, soil and water capable in the world today as good as rainforest i would tell you because i manage it for wildlife productivity which means it's biodiverse it's healthy it's renewable and where do you get clean air soil and water from optimal wildlife habitat and if i if i manage my land for optimal wildlife habitat that's good for the songbirds and good for the crows and good for the deer and good for the coyotes and good for the turkeys if it's good for all those i harvest the surplus to feed my family and and friends but that ground benefits everyone's quality of life could we start there 
Yeah. I mean, so let me, do you actually feel the difference in the air quality, like in your body and in your, do you feel it? 72. 72. Come on. Yeah, I'm 72. I wore out my dogs today. I have a Catahoula and a German Shepherd and a Labrador. I wear them out every day. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, but I attribute my luck to good decisions, clean and sober, being involved, being earthly. I, I, I'm a farmer. I plant. I hoe. I fix. I, I weld. I, I'm always active. Mm-hmm. And then I play my guitar. And that independent utilitarian rugged spirit comes out in my licks. I'm, I just know it does. Yeah, um, yeah. So so I'm able to do this be, and, and it's because I make sure that my ground is good. My I, I own a fen, F-E-N. A fen is a unique wetlands across between a marsh and a swamp. Mm. I own the largest fen in Michigan, east of the Mississippi. And botanists and biologists and scientists and bird watchers, I give them permission to come to my fen every year and they exalt. It's the healthiest fen they've ever seen, which is the habitat for the endangered Mitchell satyr butterfly and the Christmas tree fern that are thriving on my fen. And they tell me why, because I hunt hardcore and I kill enough deer and game so that they don't destroy the fen. So and again, Jeremy, that that's the Mohawk mantra is leave, leave this piece of ground better when you're done than when you first got here. And I'm just a dumb guitar player, but I figured that out because I was raised in a bow hunting lifestyle. Well, isn't it the circle of life? It's the circle of life, right? Yes. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful. So, yes, I can tell the difference when I'm on tour. And of course, I got to tell you, when I was growing up, I think I said this to Mitch last time, Lake yeah. Erie would spontaneously combust. There was so much pollution that every once in a while, the flames would erupt yeah. out on the lake. <laughs> well, there was also a Lake Cayoga or whatever. In, in yes, the, yes. The it was it was declared a fire hazard. Yes, a lake. A a fire hazard. But but here's the the celebration. The trappers, which people, modern people condemn trapping as cruel. No, what's what's cruel is not harvesting adequate numbers of fur bearers so the disease, the rabies and distemper and mange erupt. So trapping is the balancing act. So the trappers saw that there were no more beavers, no more otters, no more muskrats, no more coons or possums or skunks. So the, they found out why. And then the duck hunters saw there was no wild salary because of the, the, the pollution. And the fishermen weren't catching anything but carp because of the pollution. So it was the hunters, the fishermen, and the trappers who went, what happened to my beautiful Lake Erie? And then they got other people involved by, by blowing that whistle. And today, instead of Lake Erie catching fire, it's the number one walleye fishery on planet Earth because it came back because people can fix their mistakes. And I think that's the conservation battle cry that I have always represented. And I'm very proud of that. And and we love our walleye here in Gahnawagi. You come to our- Love the slabs. I'm a slab master, baby. You come to yeah. our powwow in July and you have some walleye nuggets, watch some traditional dance competition. You have the, you have the best time, Uncle Ted. I'm, I'm telling you, I love that stuff. I live that stuff. This time of year, we're getting ready for turkey season. In Texas, we have all these- uh, non-indigenous exotics running all over the country the axis deer and the fallow deer and the psychodeer, deer the black buck antelope owl dead antelope um 
and they can get out of hand real quick. So we hunt them year round and they're all delicious. But the turkey season is very exciting because a turkey is almost omniscient. They can see 360, and if you want to get one with a bow and arrow, you got to be a sneaky, sneaky son of a bitch, and I'm a sneaky, sneaky son of a bitch, so I'm really excited about the turkey season. Plus, the, the uh, bluegills and the, and the uh, uh, crappie are starting to come to the warmer water. So, yeah, this is a smorgasbord on our property with uh, game, uh, squirrels, rabbits, uh, turkeys, deer, the wild, uh, uh, exotic uh, wildlife that runs all over, and then the fishing season's coming out. So this is a big part of my life. And I think that's where my excitement, <clears throat> my energy, and certainly my health comes from, I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. and I'm looking for forward example, to For example, I'm drinking, I'm drinking tonic water. Somebody said that tonic <laughs> water is really good for you, and my wife knows that stuff, so I'm drinking tonic water <laughs> instead of a Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the uh, turkey dinner invite. I can't wait. Me and Jeremy will be right on down there for that. That'll be absolutely. It'll be delicious. Mitch and Jeremy, if I cooked up a turkey for you guys, I'd have, to beat, I'd have to beat you off me because you'd want to kiss me. I'm telling you, the way, the way I kill a turkey with the bow and arrow, there's no hydrostatic shock from an arrow. It kills clean. They literally fall asleep because the arrow goes through and they, they bleed to death. It's, it's, yeah. it's, Listen, it's I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, and I don't want to be uncomfortable here, but I sort of felt that way when I first heard cat scratch fever. So Yes, I would, I'm glad to hear that. Probably, <laughs> that was probably a hidden meaning uh, behind creating that groove. That but anyhow, dang, dang, sweet poontang, I went, well, that's, that's kind of that's kind of happening there. It's kind how of about that lick? Jeremy, how about that lick? That yes. lick. Bring up, bring I on. mean, that's that right hand thing again. Wang. fantastic oh. is that by the way does uh, we have a special app that shemaine told me how to put on this uh, laptop the uh, guitar sound does it sound good because in here it sounds incredible it sounds fine yeah. it sounds loud as fuck and it sounds great it sounds it fun. is loud and that's, that's my middle name yeah i love it well the ted nugent guns guitars and hot rods car auction saturday march 27th you get the details online tucker hall in waco texas go and check it out some great memorabilia and awesome stuff up for grabs and uh, uncle ted this was awesome man this is, this well, back at you god bless montreal and i gotta tell you thank everybody up in canada some of my greatest rock and roll fire breathing memories mm -hmm. montreal and toronto and quebec city and and all, all Vancouver, and uh, I, I think I played Saskatoon and, and Alberta. I, I, mean, I, I love the spirit and the piss and vinegar. In fact, if you guys go on my Facebook, which you should, because you want to see. I have, actually. It's, it's just a firestorm of positive energy and smart, funny, cocky people, but really <laughs> positive. But I have a lot of Canadians that come on. And a lot of Canadians are very frustrated for the same reason that you guys are expressing, especially you, Jeremy, <clears throat> that the Canadian socialist government, um, even though the, conser the conservatives, they call themselves conservatives, they're more like uh, rhinos, Republicans in name only. Um, so there's a lot of Canadians that in their heart and soul, 
they believe in the same self-evident truths and an independence that I have always celebrated, represented, and exuded. So I have some great, great friends all across Canada, most of which are rock and roll, real music lovers like us, but a lot of them are hunters and fishermen and trappers. A lot of them are native people. And I, I thank everybody up there for that positive energy and positive yeah. spirit. Uh, it, it, I know my friends are all across Canada, and I dearly appreciate that. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, BurleyAuction.com and TedNugentAuction.com to go see the lots up for grabs and just go and support the man. Great memorabilia for grabs. And, hey, he's a fan and good brother of the Native Americans. God bless you guys. Jimmy, I appreciate it. Mitch, always good to see you, man. Absolutely. Anytime you want to raise hell, I'm your boy. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and thank you for doing this today. Always, always great. And uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Yep. No, so merci much. beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. And, and, when I'm up there, I don't spreken ziabla, but I, I <laughs> my best. And if you want to try and say thank you in Mohawk, we say nyawankowa. Yamagowa. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. God bless you, man. Keep that spirit. Uh, keep pursuing real rock and roll. It is out there. And if we get the green light from these uh, cosmic oath violating, power abusing criminal bureaucrats in America, Jason and, and Greg and I are so horny to, to play live music. In fact, I'll leave you guys with this. You, you guys of anybody, you guys will love this. So I don't wait for any authorization from anybody for anything. I have absolute confidence in my intellectual capability of making a good decision that will benefit my happiness and everyone around me happiness. So I'm not waiting for the authorization to start playing live. My buddy down here in Texas, I have John Kutz on drums and Johnny Big on bass, monster grind masters of all things rhythm and blues and rock and roll starting the day before my auction. And then from then on, every Thursday night, there's gonna be a Ted Nugent speakeasy at Tucker Hall, like the old days when the Lourdes and the Amboy Dukes played at the VFW and the Elks Lodge and in the basement of a church. We got a little amplifiers and the drums in a little PA system. We're gonna play Stones and Beatles and Yardbirds and Kinks and Ted Nugent and James Brown and Wilson Pickett, Motown songs. We're gonna play all my classic stuff and it's just gonna be a Ted Nugent speakeasy every Thursday night at Tucker Hall and just see what happens. And you know why, you know why Jeremy? Because the music made me do the music made me do it not a damn thing i could do now the music made me do it and i'm gonna do it to you come on baby boom there you go perfect all right right, guys live it up thanks for your time my very best to all the real shit kickers in canada you are my blood brothers and uncle ted loves you madly all right cheers